Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the Bad Day at Work edition. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. No, this is going to trigger everyone. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> A bad day at work is the worst kind of bad day. Yeah. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Because you have to really fake happiness. Yeah, even more so. the whole thing. You have to power smile <laughs> through the whole thing, even though you're mad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're mad. Or, you're mad. Or dying on the inside. Or dying on the inside. Mm-hmm. Because so-and-so... For capitalism. Is... There you go. <laughs> for capitalism so- and for health insurance. <laughs> Wait, you were going to say for for so-and-so? Oh, I just had an email that just did not work out today. And I was like, (laughs) scream into a pillow. Or now that I'm working from home, I can just scream, period. Yeah, you can scream. That's, yeah. You can scream in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) You have different screaming rooms. Yeah. (laughs) Every room is the crying room at home. (laughs) Uh, today, <laughs> episode 055, the neuroscientist who discovered he's a psychopath. No! <laughs> and you know it's real because he's a neuroscientist. Oh, no. True story. No. Should, uh, should we begin? <laughs> yes! I, I'm so invested. Oh. <laughs> With so few words, you've gotten me so invested. <laughs> Oh shit, before we begin, uh, I'm Jill Chacha. Oh and yeah. Am, <laughs> and I am with the fully invested Marissa Riley. That's me, I'm here. I am here and I am here for it. Uh, if this is your first time listening, uh, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Uh, Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. So It's true. I don't know <laughs> if you can tell by the number of times I will scream or have screamed in the last 60 seconds. Um, but I really have no idea what we're going to talk about every week. And it's fucking exciting and terrifying. And I just want to let our listeners know. That's right. That you are not alone. That's right. That... I am right here <laughs> virtually holding your hand. That is this ride. Screaming with you. That yeah. is this kind of ride. Let's terrifying and informative. Yes. <laughs> You're going to learn something and... Not fall asleep quickly tonight. (laughs) (laughs) That's the goal. Okay, let's begin. Uh, Let's begin this moment of discovery by heading back in time to a world that no longer exists. 2005. What? What even is 2005? Who was I? Who were you? Who was the country? I don't know. (laughs) Bush was president. 2005, yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. we won't go into no, that. No, we won't. Okay, uh, appropriate, uh, appropriately enough, I can speak, it's October, <laughs> glorious spooky season, yeah. uh, and, and neuroscientist James Fallon, who goes by Jim, was doing what he usually does and has been doing for the past 20 years as a professor and researcher at the beautiful University of California, Irvine. Nice. He was looking at the brain scans of serial killers, violent offenders, and psychopaths. I am obsessed with... His job. I am obsessed. Um, if I didn't know the title of this episode, I'd, I'd ask if he needed an intern because that sounds <laughs> fucking awesome yeah. to look at the worst people's brains all day. Are you kidding? Incredible. Sign me up. 
for you see, one of his ongoing research projects was finding anatomical patterns in the brain that correlated with psychopathic tendencies. Fine. Yes. Now, to find these patterns, you need a few things. Uh, you need lots and lots of brain scans of convicted murderers. Fuck yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and you need lots and lots of brain scans of volunteers or average folks who hopefully aren't killers themselves. Yeah. Amazing. If this was yeah. today, I would 100% submit my brain scan i have one not to brag i have it on a cd and from an mri that i got a few months ago don't worry my brain is completely normal it it is but i have a cd (laughs) of it and i need to actually look at it we've been meaning to look at my brain for a long time but we keep putting it off for like dinner and stuff like that yeah, that and we have no devices that play CDs anymore. Oh yeah, I, it's it's a completely ancient thing. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I'm not gonna buy something no. for this. I'm just gonna hang on to it until we move. So complicated. And then uh, still bring it with me. I yeah. don't know. So, that's, anyways, that's that story. So. Um, So uh, you also need to remove bias, and that's easy enough. All you have to do is assign a number to each scan so that you're not swayed by a name. Um, Because names come fully loaded with social, racial, and gender cues that may trigger subconscious bias. Yeah, I'm going to judge a Karen's brain very differently (laughs) from uh, a Marissa brain. A Marissa brain. You're going to love that brain. Yeah. Yeah. That brain's going to be awesome. Karen's brain? Yeah, put that in the psychopath maybe pile. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. Uh, This also prevents you from knowing which scan belongs to which group. Uh, In sum, this is what's called a blind study, and Jim has been eyeball deep in this study for a damn long time. Now, please, picture it. Okay. All of these scans are piled on one side of his desk. Okay. Okay. And on the other side of his desk happens to be another pile of brain scans belonging to a second study he's working on, one with a deeply personal connection. Oh, tell yeah. me more. I love a personal connection, especially <laughs> a deep one. Oh my God, I'm pumped. Uh, these scans belong to family members. Oh shit. Yeah, and it's with these scans he's hoping to discover anatomical patterns that may point to Alzheimer's. Oh, you weren't kidding about the deep part. Yeah. Oh my. And just with the psychopatho- oops, psychopathology study, Nailed these it. scans are also numbered to remove bias and emotions. So Jim doesn't know if he's looking at his wife's brain scan or one belonging to his two daughters. So doesn't know. Just a brain. But still, my heart is shattered at this thought. Yeah. It's crazy. I know. Crazy. So now Jim is working on two very hefty research projects at the same time, so it's no surprise to me that he picked up on some disturbing signs in his family's pile that weren't related to Alzheimer's, but to psychopathology. Oh, no. Yeah. Dr. Marissa, would you please, uh, if you would, please describe to us the moment that basically Jim's life changed, uh, as reported by Smithsonian Magazine. Of course, I love a life-changing moment. All right, here we go. (laughs) Quote, I got to the bottom of the stack and saw this scan that was obviously pathological, he says, noting that it showed low activity in certain areas of the frontal and temporal lobes linked to empathy, morality, and self-control. Knowing that it belonged to a family member, Fallon checked his lab's PET machine, a scan that uses radioactive drug tracer to show both normal and abnormal metabolic activity. For an error, it was working perfectly fine. He then decided he simply had to break the blinding. 
blinding? Yeah. The blinding that prevented him from knowing whose brain was pictured. When he looked up the code, he was greeted with an unsettling revelation. The psychopathic brain pictured in the scan was his own. End quote. Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to get into that scan. We're going we're gonna to dive fucking deep after the break. Uh, now, for you see, after decades of working with, uh, as working as a neuroscientist, mapping the brain of violent psychopaths, Jim has a few theories as to what makes a killer. Yes, I would love to know all of them. Those theories and Jim will be put to the test with Jim's own brain scan, genetics, and past. And uh, we're going to dive all fucking into that. Good, because I am like frozen right now with my <laughs> mouth open. Yeah. Jill has been like powering forward and I've just been like, <laughs> wait. <laughs> Wait. Uh, Stay tuned. Please do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. Jill Chacha here from Well, That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back, and we're learning terrible things about ourselves and our family. We really are. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, not us, but Jim. Uh, yes, Jim, who, yes. Uh, Jim. Jim, who just saw a terrible image, a PET scan of his own brain, and all that was lacking. Well, let's get into it. Yes, so, My yes. friends, <laughs> your orbital cortex, a section of the brain at the front of your brain, just above and behind your eyes, I think is one of the most beautiful things 
nature ever created. Oh. Yeah, it's what makes you human. And what I mean by that is that it makes you ethical, moral, empathetic, and helps you decide what to do, and most importantly, what not to do in complex social situations where right and wrong hang in the balance. I, I really do. I have to buy a CD-ROM now because what if we did look at my brain <laughs> and that part was just missing? Like, what would we do? Uh, um, I think we, we would have known by now. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty socially awkward, but... That's cool. So am I. There we go. That's why we're doing a podcast. (laughs) There we go. This is true. This is true. Um, And in an interview with NPR, um, Jim also mentioned that the OC essentially puts the brakes on another part of the brain, the impulsive amygdala, uh, which is involved with aggression and certain appetites, shall Uh, we say. Mm -hmm. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Now, if the OC isn't working right, either due to a head injury or a hormonal imbalance in utero, uh, Dr. Marissa, would you please tell us what Jim told NPR? What could potentially happen? Absolutely. All right, quote, What's left? What takes over, he asks, The answer, the area of the brain that drives your ID type behaviors, which is rage, violence, eating, sex, drinking, end quote. (laughs) I like how eating made it into that list like it's a bad thing. It's just, it's like, here are the worst things you can do and eat. It's like... (laughs) As if all of us with body dysmorphia didn't have enough to worry about. Yeah, yeah that didn't help. That didn't help, Jim. No. Did not help. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> Thanks. So. Also, sex can be awesome, but I can see how that's damaging. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, all your id-type behaviors. Id t- I called it id. My apologies. That's totally fine. I think you were just, you know, you're, you're, you're identifying with it. Yes. <laughs> I'm identifying with the eating. That's right. So all of this takes over. The amygdala has a green light. Now, this sounds like a great time on paper, but in the real world, you may end up with a devastating and destructive personality. Yeah. Uh, Jim told the audience in 2009 TED Talk, um, <clears throat> every, quote, every brain scan I looked at, who was a murderer, who was a serial killer, had damage to their orbital cortex, which is right above the eyes, and also the interior part of the temporal lobe. So there is a pattern every one of them had, end quote. Which means it is now time, Dr. Marissa, it's time to evaluate the same scan that stopped Jim in his tracks, his own brain scan. Yes. What do you think? Are you ready? Yes. (laughs) I'm so ready. Okay. So in this photo, which will be on all of our social media stuff, so please come on by. Yes. uh, You're going to see a pair of brains. Amazing. Okay. Now on on the left is your average brain. Okay. okay? And on the right is Jim's brain. And there's two different views. Uh, The top one is like an aerial view, kind of like looking down from the top. Okay. Uh, And I think that one is the most telling of what's, um, like I said, lacking. Okay. Okay. I'm scrolling down. I'm so excited. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The left... All right, so I'm looking at brain scans. Um, you've probably seen something like this before where it's got all the colors. It looks yeah. very psychedelic. So on the left, it's got lots of colors and kind of these sort of uh, dark shaded portions. Yeah. It's got, it's got some red, it's got green, it's got yellow. Mm-hmm. And then it, it has these sort of, I don't want to say holes, but just dimmer areas. Yeah. Okay. So then on the right, which is Jim's brain, correct? That's right. He has so much dim areas. He only has like a couple different colors. 
But yeah, it's a lot of darkness. Yeah. It's a lot of like, it's just a lot of darkness, yeah. which is, uh, w- which actually goes perfectly with what we're talking about, yeah. which is murderers. That's right. They're, yeah. they're metaphorically and literally filled with darkness. Right. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of, uh, activity, uh, where some activity should be, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, where there should be empathy and emotional understanding, there's a fucking black void. And uh, so Jim's brain ticks the box for having a dysfunctional orbital cortex. Question. Okay. Is Jim a murderer? Like, I'm just going to ask it for everyone. Like, is he like, oh, that's why I keep slaughtering people. (laughs) Like, he just is. He's like, that's why I have like a a lamp made of skin. I I get it now. That's why I have a nipple belt. Yeah. yeah. Which is a thing. Uh, Was a thing. Sorry. Uh, Ed Gein, right? There you go. There we go. We're (laughs) total murderinos here. Um, Yeah. Is that? That is a great question, and we are totally going to get into it. Yes! <laughs> okay, okay. I'll let you do your thing. I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't wait any longer. Yeah. It was like, gonna, I was going to throw up if I didn't say something. <laughs> okay. Ugh. Uh, but one dysfunctional orbital cortex does not a psychopath make. Damn it. I know. Okay. I mean, but- I mean, that's a good thing. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, according to Jim's work, there are two other boxes we need to look at before we can before we become really, really concerned, uh, genetics and environment. Uh, I got it, got it, got it, got it. So now is probably a good time to tell y'all what Jim learned about his family tree. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Now, the NPR article, A Neuroscientist Uncovers a Dark Secret, is a thing of beauty. And Dr. Marissa, I think we should just read it as it is because okay. it so wonderfully describes what Jim discovered and how. I'm so excited. Uh, let's set the scene here. Uh, quote, It happened during a conversation with his then 88-year-old mother, Jenny, at a family barbecue. Oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah, Jenny at the barbecue. I love it. Dr. Marissa, would you please take it away? Absolutely. All right. Quote, I said, Jim, why don't you find out about your father's relatives? Jenny Fallon recalls, I think there were some cuckoos. (laughs) Cuckoos back there. It's uh, C-U-C-K-O-O-S. Fallon investigated. There's a whole lineage of very violent people. Killers, he says. One of his direct great-grandfathers, Thomas Cornell, was hanged in, in 1667 for murdering his mother. That line of Cornell's produced seven other alleged murderers, including Lizzie Borden. <laughs> Cousin Lizzie. Holy shit. Cousin, <laughs> sorry, I'm choking. Cousin Lil- Lizzie, as Fallon Riley calls her, was accused and controvers- controversially acquitted of killing her father and stepmother with an axe in Fall River, Massachusetts in 1882. End quote. Ah! Oh my God. I know. Whoa. 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 In case you don't know Lizzie Borden, give give her a solid deep Google after yes. this. Um, yeah. There's a nursery rhyme written after that's very dark. Yeah. I'm trying to remember it right now. I'll probably remember it as soon as we stop recording. <laughs> but it's incredible. Yeah, she's famous for axing her parents. There you so. go. 
Yeah, uh, and it's that's not the best news to get, honestly. You, no, it's. No. I was like, it's the best news for me. Uh, this is best case scenario for someone who has nothing to do with Jim. <laughs> no relation at all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This is for, this is an incredible thing to bring up at a party. Uh, about your family, uh, but not in the context of yourself. So. Maybe not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's concerning as fuck. Um, luckily, though, family folklore isn't enough to tick the genetics box. Uh, as we've seen, Jim's work is heavily based on biology. So along with finding patterns in brain scans, he also spent years looking for patterns in the DNA sequences of psychopaths, too. Holy shit. Yeah. Now, what stood out like a goddamn sore thumb in those sequences was a variation on a gene called MAO-A, nicknamed the warrior gene. The warrior gene! <laughs> the warrior gene. I'm sorry, you can't, I can't not say it in that voice. Yeah. The warrior gene. All right, I will leave. Okay. A little, feel better? Uh, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Slightly worse. I don't know. <laughs> Tell me more about the warrior gene. Sure. Uh, when it's working properly, this gene regulates serotonin, okay. a hormone that regulates mood and is considered a natural mood stabilizer. Big fan of it. Yeah, it has a calming effect. When you feel relaxed and happy, that's serotonin kicking in. You are not a warrior. Ah, oh, damn it. At that, at that <laughs> point. I, I'm, yeah, I've been, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but if you have this variation, though, what happens in utero, well, according to Jim at his TED Talk in 2009, too much serotonin is released, basically oversaturating the growing brain. And to stop the flooding, the brain just stops absorbing it, period. And it doesn't turn back on either. Oh, my God. You You become insensitive to serotonin your whole life. So there's a huge chance then anger, violence, aggressiveness. These aren't just like random moments where you lose your shit. They become part of your personality. That is horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. So when Jim got the results of his DNA DNA test, turns out he was 100% that bitch and (gasps) positive for the variant. He has the warrior gene. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh Jim, are you okay? (laughs) Jim, should we back away? I I don't know. Oh my God, Jim! Uh, as he told NPR, "quote You see that? I'm 100. percent I have the pattern, the risky pattern." He says, then pauses. In a sense, I'm a born killer. End quote. So, box number two, genetics, is ticked. Yeah. Now okay. I know what you were thinking. Has Jim ever committed any violent acts? Because between the brain scans and the genes, it's not looking good. No. Not looking good. Uh, In his own words, uh, in an interview with Smithsonian Magazine, he's never killed or raped anyone. That we know of! (laughs) So that's good, Jim. Uh, but, But Jim always knew something wasn't quite right about himself. Oh, my God. Dr. Marissa, would you please tell us what behaviors Jim does exhibit that raised some red flags? Absolutely. Okay, from Smithsonian Magazine, the discovery wasn't entirely a shock to Fallon as he'd always been aware that he was someone especially motivated by power and manipulating others, he says. Oh my God. I'm a I'm obnoxiously competitive. I won't let my ga- my grandchildren win games. I'm kind of an asshole. <laughs> and I do jerky things that piss people off, he says. But while I'm aggressive, my aggression is sublimate, sub, su- sublimated. Sublimated? Nailed it. Nailed it. 
I'd rather beat someone in an argument than beat them up. End quote. Kind of, kind of an asshole. (laughs) His own words there. Wow. Um. So maybe don't date date Jim. No, he sounds. He sounds not fun. Well, we'll actually get into his family a little bit more too. Oh my God, we will. Yeah, (gasps) I was joking. (laughs) So. Jim has the genes, the brain, and it turns out the nonviolent dickhole behavior of a psychopath, making him what neurologists call a pro-social psychopath. Oh, dear. He's someone who has difficulty feeling true empathy for others, but, quote, still keeps his behavior roughly within socially acceptable bounds. I feel like I'm going to start hearing that phrase a lot (laughs) as a defense, like... Pro-social psychopath? I'm actually just a pro-social psychopath, um, so that's why uh, I can't come to your show tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, got it, got it, got it. Putting that in my back pocket. Um, (laughs) So, big question. Why has it Jim stopped short of possibly becoming one of the violent men he studies? Yeah. So it might come come down to that last box, environment. (sighs) Got it, got it. Yeah, despite being a prick to his grandkids and pretty much everyone else, Jim believes what stopped nature from pushing him into the direction of homicide was, you guessed it, a loving home. Oh. Yeah. Those are helpful. Those are helpful. According to NPR, Jim says he had a terrific childhood. Oh. He was doted on by his parents and had loving relationships with his brothers and sisters and entire extended family got it okay yeah that love and support network literally protected him and taught him to the best of his ability how to be a functional person capable of growing up going to school being a husband to someone and a father to three wow yeah quote we'll never know but the way that these patterns are looking in the general population had i been abused we might not be sitting here today oh very good point yeah very good point jim So yes, Jim is a psychopath, but a damn lucky one. Uh, And he doesn't really want to fuck that up. Um, Dr. Marissa, would you like to see a photo of Jim and his family? Kind of, yes. (laughs) I really do. Oh, he's so normal. (laughs) Oh, this is an aggressively normal picture. Is he the one in the right? That's him. Okay, so I... I, Okay, close your eyes and imagine uh, five white people (laughs) on a trip to the beach. That's this picture. Yeah. It's it's uh, a mom and dad and some adult kids. It's uh, and, and yeah, they should be wearing a lot of sunblock. Um, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah. he looks yeah. super normal. Yeah, everyone looks totally happy. Big smiles all around. Uh, and going forward, quote: Since finding all of this out and looking into it, I've made an effort to try and change my behavior. I've made more. I'm sorry. I've made more consciously. <laughs> I can totally read. I can totally do this. I can read my notes. I, <clears throat> you got this. So I'm quoting him, of course. Yes. Okay, quote, since finding all of this out and looking into it, I've made an effort to try and change my behavior. I've consciously been doing things that are considered the right thing to do and thinking more about other people's feelings, he told NPR and the Smithsonian Magazine. I love that someone has to actually think the thought, Yeah. think of other people's feelings. Yeah, yes. I... 
That's all I think about. I don't have to remind myself. It's all I think about. Is this person comfortable? Are they happy? Do they hate me? That's like all I think about all day. And it's so crazy that someone might not be thinking about that. Not at all. Absolute zero. Yeah. He has to to train himself to think about, oh, what would be the other person's reaction, their feelings, the impact of my actions. Yeah. That's so crazy. That's crazy. Do you think there's a bunch of bodies in his backyard that he's not (laughs) telling us about? Uh, We should just keep an eye on him. Okay. Just keep an eye on Jim. Jim, I'm glad you discovered this and have finally decided to think about people's feelings. That's great. That's great. Big step. But if you are hiding something... I mean, well done for hiding it. Yeah. I would I would have no idea. Yeah. But stop. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, please Please stop. stop. Uh, So this story has a complicated moral somewhere about nature, nurture, (laughs) uh, genetics, family, society, and privilege. And to unravel it would take too much goddamn time and energy for me right now. So please consider what makes or prevents a psychopath. On your own time. Yes. Be nice. That's <laughs> that's my takeaway from it. Be nice, even if it requires trying. There you go. Yeah. That's great. I love that. I love it, too. Yeah. <laughs> the end. <laughs> so thank you for listening, subscribing, rating, telling your friends about psychopaths. Yeah. And thank you for being consistently nice to us yeah. and sharing uh, these amazing episodes we create. We work hard on them. Oh and we adore all of our listeners we love the flock we love the flock and please stay interesting oh please do